I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Nate Abarea. Happy Veterans Day and special hello, as always, to the men and women currently serving and listening to the show via the American Forces Network. Thank you oh so much. Twitter at NateWST to get a hold of me at World Soccer Talk to get a hold of all of us at Sports Byline USA for updates on the show. Interesting program for you today. Miles Jacobson, the studio director of Sports Interactive, the team behind the Football Manager video game series, is going to be with us. And I cannot wait to talk with Miles about how real life football managers and real life football clubs are using this video game to gain an advantage, to gain many different types of of advantages uh, competitively in various leagues around the world and specifically focusing on England, be it in the Premier League, be it in the Championship or leagues below that. Great story with former Scotland and Aston Villa manager Alex McLeish who used the Football Manager video game series to scout a player, to catch a guy under the radar before he was really known by the rest of the footballing landscape and an amazing relationship between the Football Manager video game series and Watford. So we'll talk all about that and how this game has actually offered things to real life football managers. It's an incredible story and I cannot wait to get Miles on the air with you to talk all about it. What we got to start talking about here in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio is what everybody's been going off about on Twitter and other blogs and sites all around the American soccer landscape over the last 24 hours or so, and that is the new quote-unquote law from the USSF limiting headers for youth players. We're going to head to USA Today real quick. Heading will be curtailed in youth soccer as part of a series of safety changes United States Soccer Federation announced earlier this week. No headers will be allowed for children 10 or younger and limited in practice for ages 11 to 13 in rules that we finalized in the coming weeks. There will also be modifications to the substitution rule so players suspected of sustaining concussion can be tended to more easily. Now, people were freaking out. There was overreaction from all angles, and I want to just throw this small paragraph to you before we head to our first break. However, the USSF does not have the authority to implement these regulations at the local level. Remember that. While the guidelines will be mandatory for the youth national teams and development academies, including MLS Youth Academies, the guidelines are merely recommendations for everyone else. We're back with Miles Jacobson after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. 
You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nate Abarea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Tweet me at NateWST. Get a hold of all of us at World Soccer Talk. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and WorldSoccerTalk.com. Leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. Our guest in this edition of the show is the studio director of Sports Interactive, the team behind the Football Manager video game series. Miles Jacobson, how you doing, sir? Really good, thanks, Nate. You? I'm doing fantastic out here in California, and I'm, I'm speaking to you in London, correct? Um, yeah, I'm in uh, cold, wet, gray London. <laughs> it's been cold, wet, gray Northern California of late, but we finally got a blue sky break. So, uh, Miles, you, I, from, from what I understand, you guys have been up into the wee hours of the morning getting the, the final touches on Football Manager 2016. Tell us all about what's going on with the uh, new edition of Football Manager. Well, we've, we finished the game on, on Tuesday, as you say, about five o'clock in the morning. So, um, you know, always have very tight deadlines, but, uh, but managed to get that final fix in that we wanted to do just before release. Anyone who pre-ordered the game, they've been, uh, they've been playing the game for the last two weeks anyway with the, with the beta test that's been going on, which has gone down very well. Um, but there's all kinds of new features in the game this year. There's two new game modes for a start, which are a single-player game mode called Creator Club, um, where you set up your own team. You basically replace one of the other teams in the game with your own team and can move a few players around, add a couple of your friends into the game as well. Um, then we've got Fancy Draft Mode, which is a, a multiplayer mode. And that's kind of our cross between fantasy football and, and football manager, where a group of you get together, you have a draft, you have a budget, and then you play games against each other, whether that be in a league or in a cup. And then on top of that, obviously, there's loads of new features in the main game. Everything's been updated, so all the leagues are updated. There's loads of artificial intelligence improvements to, to transfers and matches. Then the match engine has over 4,000 new animations as well, which we worked with our sister studio at Creative Assembly, who make the Total War games, um, and Alien Isolation as well. We work with them on that, um, which is very nice of them to help us out. So loads of new stuff in the game, um, and it seems to be going down pretty well at the moment. Everyone seems to be enjoying it, so that's a very good thing. Now, Miles, what I've really been interested in, in talking with you about, and I, I talked about this in the opening with the listeners, is how real-life football managers have started to not only embrace this video game, but use this video game to gain an advantage as real-life football managers with real-life clubs. And one of, the, one of my favorite stories is that of uh, former Scotland and Aston Villa manager Alex McLeish. And it has to do with scouting a player who was kind of under the radar and, and how Alex McLeish used the football manager video game to help in this process. Can you, can you share this story with us? So, yeah, I mean, we, we first heard this story last year. Um, a filmmaker was doing some research for a documentary that came out last year and heard this story about Alex, and we didn't really believe it, so we, we got him to say it on camera. <laughs> but um, a few years ago when he was at, at Rangers, um, his son, who's now a football agent, John, um, was, a, was and still is a big player of our games. And uh, Rangers weren't doing as well as they could be. And his dad was like talking about the players that they were looking to bring in. And John turns around and says, Dad, you should bring in this guy, 
um, from Barcelona called Leo Messi. He hasn't played for the first team yet, but um, according to this game I'm playing, he's going to be the best player in the world. So you should really pick him up. And and Alex says that he just patted his 12-year-old son on the head and said, yeah, John, you know, you, you carry on believing that football game. And um, they went over and, and they watched him and um, realised that this kid was really good. So I tried to get him on loan at Rangers. Unfortunately for them, he made his first team debut just before they put in their bid. So they weren't able to sign him. Um, and the the director of football over at Barcelona um, suggested that they take this other kid called Xavi instead. And um, he went back and checked with his son whether this Xavi guy was any good. And his son said, yeah, you know, he, he becomes really good as well. And they were trying to get Xavi when he broke into the first team as well. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the story of Alex McLeish and um, and two players who became world superstars. Um, since then as well, and he he said that he uses the game everywhere now. He wherever he is, he uses it for for scouting because we've got thirteen hundred scouts around the world, which, as far as we know, is the largest scouting network in football. Um, and these scouts are on the ground in 51 countries and regions watching players week in, week out from very early ages. They're not allowed in the game until they're 16, but they're watching them a lot earlier than that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a pretty good, it's a pretty good resource, really, for people to be able to use. Miles, can we just take a second and imagine Lionel Messi in a Rangers uniform? Well, you know, Laudrup went there, didn't he? So <laughs> strange, stranger things have happened. And he, he would have been very young when he went there. Barcelona were never talking about selling him at that point. It would only have been a loan deal. But yeah, that would have been pretty crazy. But, well, you know, I'm, if, if I'm, you want, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying just thinking about it. We have, we have a lot of Scottish listeners and, and fans of this show. So, so there you go. If you can take one thing away from this, just, just dream about that tonight. Lionel Messi suiting up. For Rangers, I want to go back to something that, that you touched on there and then the story with McLeish and his son. It's so interesting how it connects to one of the, the core concepts of the Football Manager series, and that is this model of progression and growth among the players, about seeing a player grow as a professional, seeing him get older, seeing him, you know, get, get a little long in the tooth, seeing a, a, a 16 year old come up and this model of, of realistic age and talent progression, specifically with young players. Talk about that and, and, and what you guys focus on in that regard. Well, with every, with every player that we research, it's not just about the, their technical skills. <clears throat> their mental skills are part of it as well. And this is something that we've improved on a lot over the last few years because there are lots of players <clears throat> that you can look at who had fantastic potential and then didn't end up making it for, for a variety of different reasons. But there's normally something there in their mental traits that will show you that despite all that talent, they're not going to make it. Um, so we use that as well as artificial intelligence and looking at the way the players progress in different positions and at different ages and at different body shapes um, historically and use that as the model moving forward. And, you know, it works pretty well. It doesn't get it right every time. Um, we, like many others, tipped Freddie Adu to be a world superstar. And I know that he's doing pretty well back at, the NA, uh, back at NASL now, but, you know, by this time he should be a world superstar. 
Um, <clears throat> but certainly for, for the way that we're doing the modeling now, um, it makes it a lot harder for us to, to make those mistakes um, with the players that are coming through. I was going to say, Miles, it must be in, incredibly difficult. And the fact that the success rate is, is as high as it is must be something you guys are immensely proud of. We're very proud of it and, and very proud of the, the research team around the world. Um, so it, it's something that we've built our reputation on really for the game. Um, and I don't think the game would be anywhere near as popular if it wasn't for the players that come through, whether that be a Messi or a Ronaldo or a Rooney or even at a, at a lower level, um, someone like Neil Lennon and, and um, Danny Murphy when they were in crew reserves as 18-year-olds and we tipped them to become internationals. Those were the, those were the first signs of seeing it, um, really. But now, you know, there are lots of young players that everyone's talking about and we have to be there first. So with a player like Anthony Martial, when he joined Man United for a, a huge, huge fee, you could tell which journalists actually played football manager and which ones didn't. <laughs> because the ones that didn't were going, who is this kid and why have Manchester United paid, you know, 50 million euro for him? The ones that did went, oh yeah, he's going to be a good player in two or three years. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see how the two worlds are really merging together and our deal with Prozone and who are part of Stats Inc. as well is part of that and um, the way that now the, the press that we do for the game isn't with the games press it's with the sports press and with, with people like yourselves um, it's kind of a, a computer game for football fans that isn't really played by other gamers um, and again that's something that we, we really like Miles Jacobson, the studio director of Sports Interactive, the team behind the Football Manager video game series, is our guest here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Continuing this conversation on the other side of the break, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Our guest is Miles Jacobson. Now, Miles, when we went to break there, you brought up ProZone and, and this new level of focus on numbers and stats and data in not only English football, but, but in the entire world of, of soccer. Talk a little bit more about your relationship with the, the Football Manager video game series to ProZone and how you guys have, in many ways, been a part of, of this kind of statistical renaissance that we're seeing in, in the soccer world. I think if you were to speak to most of the companies that provide football data, um, they will say that our games have been an influence to them. And... Um, you know, we were talking to the guys at ProZone and who provide data analytics for most of the Premier League clubs, a lot of clubs in Europe. They're part of Stats Inc., which is a huge American um, stats organization. Um, and we were just talking to them about how we could work together because we had data analysis systems inside the game, match analysis systems that give a similar level of detail to the to the managers and 
So I was talking to them about how we could um, borrow some of their ideas for that to give uh, to give the people playing the game an even better feel of what it's like to be a real life manager. And they said, well, we've also got this other project that we're working on called Recruiter. And this is going to be a scouting tool for clubs where they will be able to go in and have a, a powerful data search where they can say, I need to find a player who is similar to this kind of player, but he needs to be this age and he needs to have this ability for heading and this ability for dribbling. Is that something that you could help us with? And I just turned around and went, yeah, sure. So, um, so they've actually licensed a subset of our data. It's around one fifth of our database um, that they've licensed from us and, and real life clubs are using this as a, a very powerful data tool um, and a reference tool, both for checking out players that agents have sent them videos of, and, and clubs get thousands of agent videos a year um, to decide whether they're going to go and send a scout or not, or to try and find the long-term replacement for one of their big-name players um, looking for the youth players that are coming through. So... Um, so it's been very interesting seeing those two, those two worlds collide. Now, Miles, there's been a lot of resistance to stats and, and data really making it, their, their presence known in, in the soccer world. And some may say that the resistance comes from, you know, some curmudgeons out there. But hey, some of those curmudgeons still have uh, quite a bit of clout in, in the world of football. Have, have you experienced any of that? The, the resistance, the old guard who think that data and stats don't really belong in, in, in the world of football? Or, or have you experienced a, a lot more acceptance and, and willingness to embrace the, the change and the move into the modern era? Even as, um, even as little as five years ago, the, um, the resistance was huge. Um, but that's changed over the last few years. I, I don't know any clubs in the top two divisions that don't have a data analysis department. I don't know of clubs that don't have some kind of records of scouting um, and, and put that into a database for use later on. So times have changed. Um, definitely. You know, the, the old guards who didn't grow up with computers don't necessarily get it, but then it's been embraced by Allardyce and, and Wenger and, and, you know, some of the older school managers as well have started looking at it and it's become essential to what they do. And if you look at a club like Brentford, who came very close to getting promoted last season, um, their owner, um, also owns FC Midland in Denmark. And, um, and he owns a, a bookmaking company. And, and his company not only is a bookmaker, they also provide odds for a lot of other bookmakers. So he actually uses the data that he's gathering for bookmaking to go and find players to bring in at Brentford and FC Midland. And, and both of those teams are, are batting above their weight. So, you know, it's similar to a money ball approach. But I do think that uh, that football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, is quite a different sport to baseball. So you can glean a lot more about statistics in baseball than maybe you can about football. Uh, with football, it's a lot it's a lot closer um, to being able to tell you everything in baseball, the stats. Whereas in football, there are all kinds of individual tricks, and with the the more team-based element, obviously both are team sports, but, you know, you don't spend your time um, 
hitting the ball to your teammate. You're trying to hit the ball as far as possible in baseball. Whereas in soccer, players have got to pass to each other. So, you know, putting all of those bits of data together is, is, is harder. And that's why we have the match engine that simulates it in the game. But, but from a footballing perspective, um, it's very useful for people to have a snapshot of that. But I cannot imagine players being signed without them being scouted. I don't think anyone would go out and buy a player just because their data in our game looks good. I would hope that they would go and watch them first. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, Miles, uh, the, the last thing on the subject that I want to ask you about and, and get your opinion on, and it might, there might be a little bit of bias involved here, but <laughs> when we talk about the, the old guard and the resistance to change, there, there still are uh, folks who, yeah, there, there might be a, a data department within the club. There, there might be statistical analysis going on, but, but men at the top, whether it's the manager or people behind the scenes who, who still have that, that level of resistance. Do you feel that anybody who still has that level of resistance in this day and age here in 2015, the way managers like Sam Allardyce and Arsene Wenger have really embraced this stuff, do you think someone who doesn't embrace it is at a competitive disadvantage? I think an analogy for this is it's a lot easier to do DIY if you're using an electric screwdriver than a handheld <laughs> screwdriver. But there's still some people who want to use handheld screwdrivers and still do a very good job. So, you know, I, I think that, that if someone's still great at their job without using this data, then that's fantastic. But data does make everything easier. And whether that be data for running a business with financial data. You can still run a business by not looking at the figures every day, but it makes it harder to be able to guess what's going on and expand if you're not looking at it. So I just think it makes it easier for everyone to be having a look at this data and particularly with players as well. A lot of the reasons that clubs have data analysis departments is to show the players where they're going wrong. And there was um, a story that I was told of a, a young manager going into a club that had a lot of veteran players in. And he was turning up on Monday mornings with dossiers and DVDs of those players' performance during the game and telling them that their homework after training was to go home and watch these videos. And the players were just laughing at him and going off and playing golf instead. Um, all those players ended up getting sold quite quickly afterwards. Um, because their, their mind wasn't fit to be playing in, in the modern game and, and none of those players have gone on to huge success afterwards either um, because everyone else is improving. Everyone else is seeing the GPS data. Everyone else is seeing the, the fitness data. Everyone else is seeing the playing data. Um, so, yeah, it certainly makes people's jobs a lot easier. But there are people out there who still want to be old school and, hey, I doubt Alex Ferguson often looked at any database, and he didn't do bad as a manager today. So, in the, in the in the quarter century at United, he did he did all right. Now, Miles, uh, in the in the two minutes that we got left here before we got to head to another break, can can you share any other uh, uh, knowledge of managers that you know for a fact use this game at, at high levels or, or use? Uh, uh, I mean, specifically the football manager video game. Well, Andre Villas-Boas openly admits that when he was chief scout at Chelsea, he used to use the database. Um, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is also on record. When, when he first got his job at Mulder, he was asked by TV2 in Norway, what makes you think you're going to be a good football manager? 
And he went, well, you know, I worked under Sir Alex Ferguson for nine years as his reserve team manager, but I'm really good at football manager as well. <laughs> and, and some people laughed and some people took him seriously. And, and to be fair, he is quite good at the game. So... Well, absolutely. And uh, I mean, wh- whether it's Ole Gunnar, whether it's, you know, Vyash Boas, AVB back with uh, with Chelsea, it's incredible to think of these managers saying something that, as you said, as little as, as five to ten years ago, they may have been laughed at by everybody, Miles. We also have over a thousand pro footballers who help us beta test the game each year. So they actually get the game a month before release and then give us feedback all the way up to release and that <clears throat> those range from world superstars to uh, to non-league players in England to, to youth team players but their feedback's absolutely invaluable Miles Jacobson is our guest here on World Soccer Talk Radio he is the studio director of Sports Interactive the team behind the football manager video game series we're going to take a quick break here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network and when we get back we're going to talk about the relationship of the football manager video game series to a certain club in England, a club that we know as Watford. The relationship between Watford and football manager is very interesting and in how each side of that relationship has grown through interactions with the other. Miles Jacobson with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We're back after this. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio. Nate Abarea and Miles Jacobson here with you. Now, El Clasico is less than two weeks away, so it's time to start thinking about where you will be watching the biggest match of the year in La Liga between Real Madrid and Barcelona. If you're in the U.S. of A., the game is being shown exclusively on BN Sports and BN Sports Espanol. But if you don't get BN Sports on your cable or satellite or you're a cord cutter. You can still watch the game live or on demand with Fubo TV. Fubo TV, completely legal streaming service that features tons of games each week from La Liga, Major League Soccer, Liga MAX, Serie A, the English Championship, Capital One Cup, and a whole lot more. You get BN Sports, BN Sports Espanol, Gold TV, Univision Deportes, Unamas, and Fusion plus Fubo TV. Now features DVR functionality. The streaming service works on your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, Amazon Fire, and now the new Apple TV. For World Soccer Talk radio listeners, here you go. This is what you need to make a note of. Sign up for a 24-hour free trial today at worldsoccertalk.com slash FuboTV. That's F-U-B-O-T-V. And if you like what you see, then you get to lock in the low $6.99 monthly rate. FuboTV, you get the best of live soccer in one place. Sign up today at worldsoccertalk.com slash FuboTV. Again, that's F-U-B-O-T-V. TV. You can watch El Clasico. You can hang out with Phil Shane and Ray Hudson via Fubo. If you're on the go during that Madrid-Barcelona clash, you'd thank you to Fubo TV for their sport of World Soccer Talk Radio. Miles, I, I teased as we headed to break uh, there, there a few moments ago about the relationship between the football manager video game series 
and Watford. Please uh, uh, expand on this. Tell us all about the relationship between a football club, an actual football club in Watford, and, and this video game and what you guys have, have learned from one another and, and gained from one another. Well, I've, I've been a supporter of the club since I was a kid, so um, it wasn't a case of family ties making me support them. It was more that the club chose me um, because they were on my doorstep. It was the only chance I was going to get to see live soccer. So, um, so they became my childhood club um, when they were in quite a low division and they went up the divisions and back down and back up again and back down. And I got involved um, a few years ago um, because Watford have an amazing youth academy set up. So rather than just having the standard youth academy where kids come in for a couple of hours training um, twice a week and then go off and do their normal lives, Watford actually have a partnership with a local school. So they're making sure that all of the kids in the academy are getting a really good education as well as extra football training um, and becoming well-rounded individuals because so few footballers make it nowadays who play youth football that it's really important that they're getting that education as well. So we became one of the partners of, of that setup um, a good few years ago and then uh, it carried on and carried on and carried on and um, got very friendly with people at the club to the point that we started being invited to training sessions and would be able to come to training, um, sit in team meetings afterwards would have full access to all of the coaching staff, all of the technical staff, all the physio staff, um, to be able to ask them questions about what was going on in the real world of football, which I was then taking back to the office and turning that into features in the game. Um, then when the Potside family uh, bought the club, uh, we became the official shirt sponsor and became even closer involved with the club. So, yeah, we were on the front of the shirt and, and we had advertising hoardings, but the partnership was a lot more than that. So, again, you know, if they wanted some information on some players, we'd be able to pass that data onto them. Um, always happy to do that um, with them. And, and a lot of the players were fans of the game. Um, some of the players that are there now knew about the club because of the game, didn't necessarily know about them as a, as a, as a, their the, the history of a football club away from football manager. And, and that's something that actually happens quite a lot now with players. Um, there's a story from Baffy Gomez um, that he chose Swansea because he'd played as Swansea in football manager and always did very well there. So decided to move that. Um, but the relationship with Watford is great because we get, we're, we're able to get so much information from them um, as a, to try and understand the level of detail that we're able to go into with them. <clears throat> One of the, the new things in Football Manager 2016 is we've got a, an injury revamp in the game. So we've reworked the way that the injuries work and the way that players recover from those injuries. Um, and there was a conversation the other week because there was a debate going on in the office about what happens when a player has damaged his knee, his right knee, and he's coming back from injury. How likely is that injury going to reoccur? So I went and spoke to the sports scientists at Watford about that. And um, they actually pointed out something that we hadn't realized, that when a player is coming back from an injury to their right knee, it's actually more likely that during their recovery that their left knee will get injured. Because the body is still saying, well, the right knee is not perfect yet. 
So it makes the left knee work a lot harder. And it's likely that you could actually get exactly the same injury on the right knee on the left knee during recovery, which is why it's so important to just have short bursts in matches. So, you know, it's, it's been great for us. And that there are some other clubs that we work with as well, but Watford are the one that we're, that we're closest to um, on that school, which, again, is great for me being a supporter of the club. When you bring up those uh, those knee injuries, as a Liverpool supporter myself, I can't help but think back to Jibril uh, Cisse from the uh, period of 2004 to 2006. And I've actually I've discussed that. That's a really interesting point that you make there, and and what the the staffs have have educated you guys with in regards to overcompensation and how the body will will start overcompensating from from side to side. That's a that's a conversation for a whole other show that I'd love to love to continue having with you. But I, I want to go back to to something that you touched on there and that is how appreciative these these clubs have been and, and when I hear the the story about Gomez or, or other players who who say that they didn't even really know anything about the clubs that they're now playing for and and making millions for they didn't even really know anything about those clubs until they played with them on football manager I mean talk about the the, the appreciation that that these clubs uh, are are showing you based on the fact that they're they're getting players through this game. Oh, the, the clubs don't say off, say thank you that often. The players tend to more than the <laughs> clubs. But um, but you know, the access that we have across football is is phenomenal. Um, again, being able to go to training sessions, whether they're at Watford or other clubs, um, going to to team tactical meetings, and for a long time in the game, we had um, with and without ball tactics, two separate tactics: what to do when you've got the ball, when you don't have the ball. And going to training meetings, you find out that the clubs don't normally talk about that. What they actually talk about is the roles that the players are going to play, which is why we've now switched to a player role system. So if someone is told you are going to be a deep-lying playmaker, they know that when they're without the ball, it's their job to stand close to the guy who's meant to win the ball back and then get the ball from them, then spray a pass, then move into a new position to be supporting the strikers. So... Again, you know, learning that kind of info is is very important. But the clubs, you know, there have been clubs that have signed young players and, and made a lot of money on them. And they, yeah, they don't tend to say thanks that often. But sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes they give us advertising hoardings, which is which is nice of them. Well, very very nice of them. Now, who are who are some of the other clubs? You, you you've brought up a, a few names, but it, maybe if you could throw a few more teams that you think have really gained the most, or even if there's a few other individual players that you think have actually gained the most uh, through through their access to to the football manager game. Um, see, it's it's a difficult one because um, unless they've actually confirmed to me directly. <laughs> that it's happened, as Baffy Gomez is. It's quite difficult talking about it. But there are clubs out there. There's a couple of clubs in Portugal who've certainly... Um, they. We believe they've used our database to bring some of their players through. But they haven't ever admitted to us that they have done. And they've then <laughs> sold those players on for, for big profits. Um, there's a lot of footballers who have... Um, decided that they're going to get into coaching of the back of how they do in the game. But again, I don't have commercial deals with those players, so it's very difficult to talk about them. The fact that we've got 1,150 footballers who, who beat a test the game shows that it is very popular um, out there. And, and to the point that Gareth Barry, 
when he was a teenager and he joined Aston Villa. As part of his contract at Villa, he insisted that there were plug sockets on the club coach so that he could play the game when going to away games. Um, so that's something that the club probably hasn't thanked us for <laughs> because it ended, up, it ended up costing them money having to refit the coaches. But there's there's very few club coaches now that um, that don't have uh, that don't have those systems. Um, Nasir Chadley's a, another one who's been public about his um, his like of the game and and um, when in when the football season's not on, um, he gets very bored because he's a he's a complete and utter football addict um and wants there to be football all the time he desperately misses training and he told us a story that uh, that this summer he was away and he's got a holiday home in in europe and um he was away there and he was sitting there playing the game and he scored a goal and one of the things he realized is that um the spurs fans hadn't actually made a chant for him yet so he came up with his own chant, and we we have a video of him singing his "Oh Nasser Nasser Chadley" <laughs> song, which which the Tottenham fans are now singing themselves, which I think um, I think is quite phenomenal. Um, we also get lots of players complaining about their stats all the time. <laughs> normally, we don't change them. There've been a couple of times. Um, I think Harry Kane was one that we got a bit wrong, um, and although he didn't complain about his stats, his agent did. So we, we made sure we went and watched him again and, and boosted him a bit. And um, there's a player at Newcastle as well that we'd actually made a mistake on and his reputation was too low. So he was starting in the reserve squad there. So we, we changed that one. But but normally we are we're not bribable and um, and and we don't change these things. But there's a few clubs that we work with um, that, are, that are known about. I mean, Watford is one. Um, we've just signed a deal with West Bromwich Albion for the rest of the season as well. Um, and also AFC Wimbledon, who we've been involved with since, since the second day they formed. It's now the longest shirt sponsorship in football. And again, that's very much a, a partnership, not just a sponsorship deal. So we help each other out wherever we can. Um, and certainly with the charitable initiatives that, that Wimbledon do, um, we, we help promote those a lot um, because we think that side of things is very important. Well, Miles, I love it. The game has, has offered something to players. The game has offered something to football managers. The game has offered something to football clubs. And it has even offered chance to football supporters. I, I love that little cherry on top of everything. Now, hey, in the, in the couple of minutes that we got left here with you, Miles, I, I want to ask you, when did you guys first conceive this, this idea? When did the idea for football manager first come about? What year were we talking here? 25 years ago. 25 years ago did you ever in your wildest dreams think 25 years ago that this game would be used by real life football managers and players the way we're talking about we we still find it quite bizarre i mean you know paul pogba um during the world cup he was filmed playing the game and had signed himself to chelsea as chelsea and that that became a back page news story in pretty much every country in Europe. It was all over the web. And it's like, he's just playing a game and he signed himself. So <laughs> to have to have that influence is, is kind of crazy, really. Um, and particularly, you know, the game when it was first made, it was two brothers who grew up in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in England, hadn't discovered girls and just made this game for themselves. Um, then I got involved 22 years ago and... And, you know, everything kind of went from there. So 
we still make the game for ourselves. And we're very lucky that there are a couple of million people out there in the world who really enjoy playing it as well. And those people are from all walks of life and all of them just want to escape into this virtual reality where they can be the football manager of their favorite club or a club that they've never heard of before. And, um, and it's brilliant to know that we are entertaining that many people. All the football stuff for us is the, the cherry on the cake. For us, the real important thing is that loads of people are enjoying our game and spending hundreds of hours every year playing it. And it just so happens that the football industry have embraced it as well. So long may it continue, because I certainly don't want to have to get a proper job anytime soon. <laughs> Miles, two things before we let you go. Let the uh, listeners know how they can get a hold of you on social media. And then give us that release date for Football Manager 2016. So I'm on social media at Miles SI, um, S for Sugar, I for Igloo. Um, and the game comes out this Friday, um, Friday the 13th, which uh, is a bit scary, but, um, <laughs> but hopefully we should be okay. And it's available around the world via the Steam platform. Love it. Miles Jacobson, you're welcome back on the show anytime. Really appreciate the, uh, the time today and uh, best of luck carrying on the success of Football Manager. Thanks, Nate. Absolutely. Again, that was Miles Jacobson, the studio director of Sports Interactive, the team behind the Football Manager video game series, Football Manager 2016, coming out this Friday, the 13th of November. Back after this to close this baby out, World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back aboard the World Soccer Talk radio train. Almost to our final destination. Another huge thank you to Miles Jacobson. Be sure to check out Football Manager 2016 being released this Friday, November the 13th, 2015. You know, I, I was thinking about this yesterday and, and the day prior as all this stuff's going on regarding headers and youth soccer. I was six years old when I scored my first goal on the soccer field. And you know how I scored it? I scored it with my head. Just another fine example of yours truly, Nate Abarea, being part of the problem. World Soccer Talk Radio signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Byline. Thanks to the gaffer. Thanks to the producers back in San Francisco. Bye for now. Love ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.